Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a very special Distraction Pieces podcast. This is the Mother's Day special. And the guest is my mum. And the subject is her mum. This is honestly one of my favourite podcasts I've ever done. We had so much fun doing this. Um, I discussed how we came up with the idea for this in the podcast. Um, in fact, I'll get the plug out of the way now of We're Bought To As Ever by SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com where we have loads of really good stuff. We've got our new limited edition items. Got some really good, good stuff over there. We've got the Dark Summer merch, which we talk about in this podcast. So head over to SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com. Yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's quite long and there's going to be a, a song at the end. I had a realisation the other day, which was kind of a beautiful one. I realised that the laugh I have heard most in my life is my mum's. Um, and it's because she's a ridiculously laughy person. So a lot of this podcast is my mum laughing. If Buddy Peace edited out all the laughs, it'd be about t- t- 10 minutes long. But I just thought that was a beautiful... I was really happy with that realisation, that that's easily the laugh I've heard the most. I've literally answered the phone before and she's laughing about absolutely nothing. So yeah, but her mum, I realise we've got a lot of great stories about her. So I said, let's have a let's have a chat about her. I, I mean, I explain all this in the podcast. So let's just just get on with it. This is the Mother's Day special with my mum Jenny Meads talking about her mum Joan Helena Latham. Right, um, I am joined today by my mum. How are you, mum? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. I, I feel I should give you a full name introduction because you're only mum to me and Ian. So I guess you're J- J- Jenny Meads in some way. But um, mum is, yeah, is, is how I know you. Um, and we're doing a Mother's Day special. And I'm not sure I've told you how this came about. I told you I wanted to do it. So what we're going to do is you're going to tell some stories about your mum because mm-hmm. um, there's some good ones. And how it came about w- uh, was, you know, I did the dark summer of uh, a photo shoot. Yeah. Um, and there was sw- swimsuits. And that. The, just as a side note, the most adorable thing of that whole shoot was getting a text off you. I can't remember where you were on holiday saying, I'm getting a lot of strange looks in my Scroobius Pip swimsuit. In <laughs> Cuba, yes. <laughs> when... <laughs> Then you're by the pool in your Scroobius Pip swimsuit. Um, yeah, so on that, sh- I think after that shoot, no, this was it actually. After the L- London attacks, um, mm-hmm. I did. I posted a little quote from one of my songs, Cowboy, yep. which says, "This is London and this is Britain. We may get scratched and we may be- get bitten, but even though our strength and resolve is de- depleted, or we won't lay down and we won't be defeated." And that song is the only true story I've written as a song. Everything else, as I've said before, it's normally based on true emotions, but I create new stories because it feels cheap to go, here's a relationship I had once, available on iTunes for (laughs) 20p or whatever. So, But that one was a story about your mum and my nan, which was always an inspirational one. And Jess Megan 
from the Dark Summer sh- sh- shoot, who was one of the three girls in that, yeah. m- m- messaged me about that quote. And I said, oh, it's from this song. It's a true story about my nan. And she listened to it and loved it. And then I got on to telling her an- another story about <laughs> nan, uh, one of my favourites. And then a third one. And she said, you, you've you got to record these at some point. And it made me think of doing a Mother's Day one oh, of, cool. yeah. of stories of your mum. Because... The cowboy one, and we'll get onto that. I'll play it at the end of the podcast as well, but that's an emotional and powerful one. Oh, absolutely. 90% of the rest of them are stupid and ludicrous and, and, <laughs> and, and bizarre and hilarious. So, again, it's good that there's that powerful one, but there's loads that are just, yeah, I love it. And I think, again, like we'll get into all of it, but I think your mum's influence on you, as is natural, has obviously caused an influence on me yeah. f- from you and people again, across my career and on the podcast, highlight how I'll talk quite openly about death, about things like that. And that comes uh, from your mum, because she was happy to talk about death, happy to always going on about if she went on holiday. So if I die, here's where this is. We'd have have Sunday lunch sometime before they went away. And and I can remember the first time um, Antoinette came round, my brother's girlfriend, and... um, Mum sat there going, right, now, if anything happens, if we both die, the car's in such and such a car park and the little theatre stuff's in the back room and and the cancer research stuff is under the bed and, and so on and so forth. I love it. And Antoinette was like, her mouth just dropped open saying, <laughs> I'm sure that if you both die... You, we're not going to think, where's the car park? Oh, where's the car? And where's and, the information <laughs> on, the, on, on the Bromley a, a little theatre box office that and, you run? And, and mum said, no, you're quite right, you won't. But at some point you'll go, oh, I wonder where the car is. And that's great, because an openness to discuss these things is important. I had, had Carla Valentine on the podcast ages ago, and she's a mortician um, and has done a lot of stuff of, of relating to death. And part of what she talks about a lot is that we need to have a more comfortable a relationship oh, with absolutely. death because it's yeah. going to happen to all of yeah. us. It shouldn't be something that we fear. And when we do fear it, it means that we often handle things poorly when it happens, yeah. um, even though it, it will definitely happen. And it does cause people to get ripped off, spend oh, money they shouldn't absolutely. spend and things yeah. like that. So one one of the things I think after listening to, to that podcast, one of yeah. the things I wanted to do, um, before I retired but didn't get round to, was have some sort of death cafe events yeah, yeah. and have just people coming in and maybe having some um, somebody that can advise on writing wills and somebody yeah. that can talk about different things that you might have to think about other than just that death bit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, Samaritans to talk to because, you know, and I know you and I both bring Samaritans into things, yeah. but if somebody dies unexpectedly, yeah. it's it's huge. Yeah, and, and it gives all that extra stress and guilt and things like that, which, yeah. you know, it's, people need to talk about. I couldn't agree more. That said, when you, me and my brother Ian have sat down to talk about <laughs> death, I know he's made you incredibly depressed and miserable because <laughs> I remember we sat down to discuss what we want because I always have at least two or three songs I want at my funeral. Um, I love, I'm more excited about planning a funeral than planning a wedding. (laughs) Um, 
and you know, I've said before, you know, where they have them them viral wedding videos where people have a dance and things yeah, like that. Yeah. I want that at my funeral. I want everyone. I like the idea of of the coffin being carried down to hustling by Rick Ross, and everyone taking one step, and there being smoke and lights, and then everyone spins round. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> I just remember that when we brought it up to Ian, he was quite blunt. He's like, ideally. I don't plan on leaving anything for anyone to, to deal mm. with. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, my ideal situation is when I'm close to dying, I walk up a mountain somewhere and don't and come don't. back down. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, like <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, face. well, can you just wait until after I've gone, please? Yeah. So I don't have to worry about just you. Just like, just, oh, <laughs> how's your son? Um, I assume he's dead. <laughs> he walked up a mountain a few years back. <laughs> You've never seen anything of him. It's a bit like the cat's gone missing. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what it's like. So uh, when I told you about this, you started to make a list of, of stories to tell about your mum. It's one of the biggest loads of nonsense I've ever read in my life. Um, so we'll work through it. I'm sure some of them will be short, some of them will be longer. But um, we'll work our way through. One of the things that... It jumped out to me again before we get going was the weird realization that I'm not sure if it was it was either after Nan died or just before Nan died that I found out that I didn't know her real name because <laughs> I knew her as Helen yeah. or as Nan but I knew her name was Helen yeah and then I you were like oh that's not her name obviously that's not a real name <laughs> so explain why that wasn't her real that we. I, as a family member, didn't know her real name. <laughs> I didn't know for a long time either. That's mad. But, and it was really only when I started forging a signature at school <laughs> <laughs> that it clicked because she signed J.H. Latham. Yeah. And apparently her name was Joan, and it wasn't Helen, it was Helena. Helena, right. And um, when she was in the Wrens, yeah. there were two or three other Joans in, in her dorm. Yeah. So she went by her second name, Helen, so and people couldn't remember her. Just so quickly for people who, who don't know, because I only knew what the Wrens were because of Nan, but the Wrens was... It, it was during, part of the Navy yeah. during the war, yes. Yeah, so, so, was, so she was a writer. And they which kind is, of, yeah, would yeah. do a lot of the, yeah. the clerical and all sorts of other things to Absolutely. support So Dad was in the Navy and Mum was in the Wrens. So. Yeah, and again, obviously it's a, a Mother's Day special, so we're going to... F- be focusing on your mum but before we get into that then let's talk about your dad a bit because he's also an incredibly inspirational dude he got he got a bloody medal off the queen (laughs) and and he's he's in he's the hero in the song cowboy essentially he's the big ending that was the big turnaround of and again we will get to that story i'm really teasing (laughs) it but yeah he got a medal off the queen didn't he a british medal of empire Empire a british empire medal yeah yeah so proud when Mm. we um obviously he got told a bit before the list the queen's birthday honors list yeah. came out because he couldn't say anything and he told us probably a couple of days before yeah. it came out and i was like oh my god it's yeah. so exciting i will say one i did tell at the time i was an apprentice at yeah. hairdressers and i did tell the people there that yeah. um you know my dad had got this this um Empire Medal for his work with the police. He yeah. was um, an inspector in the Metropolitan Police. And, and for many, many years, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yes. For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As long and, as I um, was alive. I can remember as a, a, a child, um, he was based at Brixton at one point. Right. And going to visit the, the Brixton police right. station yeah. and the stables and the prisons. And, the, yeah. and it was great. Amazing. <laughs> 
But I, I mean, I also went part through a time when I was terribly embarrassed that he was a policeman. Yeah. You know, when, when he would put, I'd be in the street with my friends and he'd pull up in a big black police car, as yeah. it was then, and go, hello, Jen, what's for dinner? And it's like, oh, let me just die. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it all it all comes comes round in the end. Absolutely, but when I told people at the hairdressers about um, his his British Empire medal, which was on the day it came out, and everybody was delighted except for one person who I used to get the bus in with, mm. and she refused to have anything to do with me after that. Oh, really? She said, I don't talk to policemen and their families. I I mean... was like, so we would walk down to the bus stop after that. Sort of her Lord. behind me or me. <laughs> that was just really weird. Yeah, well, she was ahead of her time. I, I had a few. That's a very popular view these days. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I was growing up, you know, we go to sort of uh, youth club dances and yeah. I can remember dancing with this bloke and somebody went up, came up to them and went, you know, Dad's a copper, and there I was dancing by myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Dad always used to say, don't tell people. Right, yeah. And, and for a long time, we didn't. But then I got to a point where I said, actually, I'm bloody proud he's a yeah, policeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, do, I did and do tell people. Yeah, and I mean, again, I'm going off track completely here, but it just, <laughs> it just came to mind. But on, on the subject of death again, when your dad well, when granddad, mm. grandpa, as I, I know him, um, passed away, he had leukaemia. Yeah, he had leukaemia. And one of the choices that you made at the time, which I wasn't sure about at the time, but I'm so pleased with now, is you didn't take me and Ian to see him because mm. he was big, mm. a big, strong policeman, proud yeah. man. Yeah. Even in his old age, he was yeah. – I, I, was, I was thinking – the other day, because B has met you mm-hmm. and met Dad, mm-hmm. and instantly said, "So where do you get your height from? Because I'm taller, than, I'm bigger than both of you." And yeah. it's, it's just occurred to me; it's probably from remember yeah. he was he was huge, he was wasn't tall, he? Yeah. So yeah. because you'd been told he was on his way out, and you'd you'd visited him and felt he was a, a, a shell of himself yeah, in that absolutely. respect. So your absolutely. choice was for me and Ian to remember him how he was, yeah. and that's kind of. I like that. It's, it's a tough choice because mm. you obviously have you. Everyone wants to say goodbye or whatever else, but yeah. I think that was the right choice. And again, it was a, a bizarrely r- 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 rational choice in a traumatic time. And I think that was a good. I, thing. I, I think you know, really, really lucky that he wasn't ill for a long time. Yeah, he was yeah. in hospital for a week. Yeah. Um, and for the last two or three days, he was in a coma. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I felt. That as an adult, I can pick and choose my memories, yeah. whereas as a child, that's harder to do. Yeah, sure. And I know that when I think of my dad, the first image I have of him is not of him dead. Yeah. It's of him when he told me he had leukaemia. Right. And we oh, were man. in the living room. Yeah. And the light wasn't on, but the sun was behind it. It was a bay window and yeah. standing. And he just gave me this big hug. Yeah. And that is just a huge memory for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of other memories, but when I think of Dad, that's what I think of. Because in my head, I will then think of when he yeah. was in the hospital bed and he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that is the first image, and I didn't want your first image yeah. to be of him yeah. in a coma or in very poorly. Um, 
And again, he chose as, not as, to have chemo. Right. Because he didn't want to lose his hair, bless him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was always very proud of his hair. Yeah, he kept his and hair I don't even remember, he had that yeah. white streak white in the streak front. And a bit kind of quiff. Bits back. of ma- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which apparently he always said happened because the oven blew back on him. Right. And then he had this white strip. Whether that's true or not, Amazing. I don't know. But that's what he always used to say. But I can remember um, they discovered that he had a tumour and they were going to take him into theatre and I got there and he was on the um, trolley and he went, I'm going to lose my hair after all, aren't I? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but and, and we laughed and had a hug and what have yeah. you. And... Um, he then got ill and they didn't actually operate. So he never right, lost he never his lost hair, which was brilliant. <laughs> and it is, it is true because I, because again, you don't choose what memory you have. And particularly as a kid, you don't retain loads. No. My main memory of granddad is him waving as we drove off every, every time <laughs> with, his hanky. Uh, with his hanky. And <laughs> I don't know if it was yours and dad's intention, but you used to hype it up hugely. So we'd be like, <laughs> Is he going to get his hanky out and wave? Is he going to get his hanky out as we're turning around at is it Beckenham Junction Station yeah, outside yeah, the house? Right. As we're turning around there and he hasn't got his hanky out yet, hasn't got his hanky out, and then his hanky comes out There's and he waves. It was like this huge sense of achievement at him waving a hanky. Oh, simpler times. Yes, the absolutely. entertainment that children had. Um, anyway, right, let's, let's, <laughs> uh, uh, let's get on to some of these stories. Um, the first story, you, and again, you've got these noted, so... I read through them, and a couple of them I know, and the rest, it's just words. So we've got cake slash c- c- canoe paddle. Are there any spoilers in the titles? Like, is it better if I don't read no, them out and then you particularly. tell them? Okay, so, um, so what's this first one? Well, when I was about, I don't know, seven, yeah. eight, something like that, you know, we were allowed to do much more as children than children are these days. Yeah. But my friend came round to our house and um, we made a cake. Yeah. And when the cake was cooked, we cut it in half and she had half and I had the other. When mum got home, she went berserk. Right. And for me, it was like, I made a cake, that's something nice. Why is she going bad? Yeah. <laughs> and I, we... <laughs> We had a blow-up canoe for when we went on holiday, yeah. and it had a paddle, wooden paddle. She chased me round the house with the paddle right. and broke the paddle on my behind. <laughs> so why was she so <laughs> angry about you making a cake? Well, looking back, I probably left the house looking like a bomb had hit yeah, it. Yeah. I probably used the last everything of everything that yeah. they had probably scrimped and saved to get. Yeah, you know, yeah. they weren't that well off. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and at the same, looking back, that's not what she said at the time. She was just furious. Yeah. Um, and apparently she told me years later that, I mean, I couldn't sit down. I mean, yeah. if, if it had been these days, she'd have been reported. Yeah, yeah completely. <laughs> the whole of my, my bottom and my thigh was completely black. Yeah. And, um, and you've she... never baked since. <laughs> I've never baked. <laughs> now you know my aversion <laughs> but apparently she said to me years later when we were laughing about it and i said to her <laughs> she said to me yeah and about two days later you were outside talking to one of your friends and i could hear through the window and you were obviously showing her your bruise and, <laughs> and she'd said 
why did your mum do that? And I said, I don't know. She's just mad. And she said, I nearly did it again. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, so on on to the next one. Um, Guide camp, a a letter. What was was this? Um, I went to guide. I I joined brownies, joined guides. um, And I went to, we, we had sort of short camps. Yeah. And I went to a weekend camp and in the morning you'd sit round and the the no brown now no guide leader yeah, would now, would uh, brownells brownies isn't it mm-hmm. so it must be the guide leader would have a bundle of letters and they'd hand them out yeah i didn't get a letter so i obviously went home going everybody got letters except for me and my mum went but you only went away for a couple of days <laughs> What am I going to tell well, you? Yeah. So the next camp, I got a postcard and, you know, we sat round and the guide passed the letter round. And as it went round, my letter came round to me. Everybody giggled and it went, dear Jen, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, love mum. <laughs> I went back and said, don't send me another letter, mum. <laughs> She's a genius. You want a fucking letter? I'll send you a fucking letter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the best. This is, this, is it, this is great because half of these I've either not heard or heard a long time ago and probably forgotten. But um, I, And I will just push, push through them because it's, it's fun that way. But um, I tried to vaguely put them in, in sort of order, yeah. but chronological, but not quite. So <laughs> that is the best. Um Obviously, I need to confess now that you never had that issue with Cubs and Scouts because um, every time I went away on a family <laughs> trip, I cried and you had to come I and get to come me. Again. <laughs> so there was no chance to send a letter because <laughs> before I went to bed, I was in tears being picked up well, by it, my mum. But again, when, when Ian went away to uni, um, he went up, he was in, in Lampeter. Lampeter. And I can remember him saying that... <laughs> His girlfriend got a call every day from her mum, and I was like, "I've done well ringing him once during the term." <laughs> it's a proper family. We get in touch when we need to. We don't need to be in each other's pockets. School cruise. So obviously moved up from Brownie Camp to yeah. a full, a full yes, school cruise. Yes, that was when um, I first started secondary school, and there was school cruise. And luckily, I was able to go on it. Amazing. We went to Madeira, Casablanca, and Lisbon. Oh wow! Put me off bananas for life because <laughs> every meal there were bananas. <laughs> but it was it was an. I mean, I was really lucky that my parents did. They did their best to give me the experiences they could. Yeah. But um, we come back and we get off the coach at school and everybody gets picked up and I'm there with, fortunately, my friend's father stayed with with us um, because the school was locked up. Yeah. And he went, after a while, he went, everybody had gone. And he said, should we go and ring your mum? So we walked up to the phone box. Yeah. Because no mobile phones yeah. then. And um, I rang mum and mum. And she said, hello, what are you doing ringing? I said, I'm at the school. She said, but you're not coming back till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact she tried to argue it. No, nope. <laughs> nope, you're not You're not due back till tomorrow. So it was amazing so, yeah. that she just forgot you completely. <laughs> and 
confused with the dates, I assume. But yes, yeah, so brilliant. So yeah, friends, friends' dad took me. Home. <laughs> she, she still didn't come and get you. She's like, no, it's, it's tomorrow. This is nonsense. You've got something wrong here. Um, next up is horse ride lessons slash jump, which I think is one of the ones I told to yes. Jess that prompted this. This uh, this podcast. So go, go well, okay. Mum was all for sort of trying to give us experiences, and she'd always wanted to learn horse riding, so yeah. we all learnt. And um, so there'd be my sister, my brother, and myself, yeah. and Mum mm-hmm. would come with us sometimes. Um, she just some of the her experiences in in riding were just hysterical. But on one occasion. We had to canter across a field. Mm-hmm. We were going diagonally, so each person sort of when when the person in front got halfway across, the next person went. Yeah. So my brother went, and my mum and my brother always had arguments about his footwear. Right. Why? His shoe flew. Well, he wanted to wear his slip-on shoes. <laughs> He's cantering across. His shoe came off. Yeah which made my sister's horse shy. Right. Which made my mum, who was after her, her horse reared up. So we all ended up on the floor on that occasion. Yeah. Um, on another occasion, mum was, went riding by herself uh, yeah. with, with, with the school, but without us there. Yeah. And she said I was, she, had, she always had problems with the horse, keeping the horse's head up. Right. And she said she was on a horse and it kept nibbling the grass. And she said, this very nice lady came along with her shopping bag and went, shoo. And, of course, the horse bolted. Right. And mum said the only thing she could remember was she was hanging round its neck thinking, what beautiful eyelashes the horse had. (laughs) 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 But the incident I know you were thinking of was when we were learning to jump. So we were um, (laughs) learning that the the hurdles were about six inches off the ground. Right. They weren't big yeah, jumps. Yeah, they yeah. were just just getting us used to getting the horse yeah. to just um, raise its step a little bit. So <laughs> we all went round. And mum, as usual, her horse went over the jump, put its head down. Mum did a beautiful somersault down its <laughs> neck, laid on the ground, raised her head, then put it back down. And we all sort of went, oh, my God. Anyway, when we got her up, she said, oh, I thought I was dead, so I thought I won't bother getting up. <laughs> I love it. I love that she just assumed, oh, I wouldn't have survived this. No, not me. And, and just laid there. It's, like. <laughs> it's one of my favourite stories because just the, as said, just the assumption, oh, I must be dead. It's not, it's not, it's not worth getting up if I'm dead. And you're, again, in quite a panic. Yeah. <laughs> I would have rushed over because you're like, oh, she's not moving. Yeah, yeah, She's absolutely. laying on the ground. This has gone wrong. It's like, no. Well, probably more the person that was leading the lesson was probably more yeah. panicked. We probably all went, yes, mum. Probably think she's dead. <laughs> probably assuming she, she's dead. So jumble sales for scouts. <laughs> mum always helped out, um, did a lot of voluntary work. Mm-hmm. And for when we lived in Forest Hill, she... Um, because Rob was in the Scouts, I guess. Mum got involved with the Scouts. And she'd quite often do the jumble sales. Mm-hmm. She, <laughs> the lady that organised them used to get really cross with her because she'd go, 
I'll give me a penny <laughs> and sell everything. Because she worked on the idea that the more she sold, the better it was. If she yeah. only got a penny for something, it was better to have the penny than have a heap of, of clothes yeah, left. Yeah, get, yeah. So, um, so she'd go, yeah, give us a penny. And Although she did get very angry at the people that used to steal from the jumble sales. Right. Yeah, you know, because she'd say, I'm only asking a penny, but... That's that's another. I mean, just a topic. little stop here. You've clearly inherited that because I recently <laughs> borrowed the wire box it off you, and I was like, "Where have you got this?" You were like, "I was at a charity jumble sale thing that you were doing." She's like, and you were like, "I'm suspicious of the people who were buying it," and it, it felt like they were buying it to sell on. So I thought, "I'm just going to buy it like to stop them having it." <laughs> so I want the money to go to a good cause and not be people exploiting the fact that this is they, cheap. Well, they were buying them. People they were buying them for fifty. And I thought, they'll get more for that on yeah, I, um, <laughs> their in, own jumble In sets. fact, a plug here, and I've not actually told you this. I borrowed it because I did a Wire podcast oh, yeah. called Through the Wire, is it? I can't, I can't even think what it's called now. I've tweeted about it loads. I'm having a blank today. Um, but it's, it's a really good, good podcast about The Wire. And I was going on after they've covered the first four episodes. So I didn't need to catch up on mm. that. But I thought I'll catch up on a few. And the box set that you bought at this jumble sale is is missing the first disc, which is the first no. four episodes, which is perfect because I didn't I didn't need it. But the people who do this podcast, who also do the cinema podcast, have got a burner phone set up, which you, you'll learn about in the wire when right, you watch yeah. it. So they've got a phone number on their Twitter, and it's for people to ring up and leave a message of what they think about the wire and what they like about it. And they've specifically requested that when you start watching it, mm-hmm. you, you ring up and leave them a, a message on on their burner. Oh, so, right. okay. so they've they've asked for that, and I've not gone around to. <laughs> I'll have to, to borrow you. Ian's copy Ian's of the first copy four. Of the first four. <laughs> So well, what were we doing with the on the jumble sale? sale? Well, we didn't get to the end no, of that, did well, we? A, she used to sell everything off very cheap. Yeah. Um, but at one point, um, we all had fur coats from the jumble sale. Right. Um, Angela, my sister, had this beautiful sort of pale honey-coloured fur coat. Yeah. Um, not that you'd wear them now, but at that no, time, yeah, at that they were very yeah, much. Completely. And um, with matching hats. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> and that sort I of leads this, on to this reasonably working class family walking around in fur hats and coats, jumble sales, jumble sales. I've never been it. too proud to have secondhand stuff. Yeah, damn right. Um, or third. And <laughs> anyway, so I can't remember what mine was like, but it obviously wasn't as as beautiful as my sister's was. And Angela could carry it off because yeah. Angela was always tall and slim, and yeah. Um, anyway, we went to, we're Catholics, yep. so we went to Mass one Sunday, all wearing our, our fur coats from, from the jumble sale. <laughs> and as we came out, um, and you know how quite often when, when a child says something, there's a, a silence. Yeah, of course. Well, we came out of church, and my mum was absolutely horrified to hear my sister announce to everybody well, yes, of course, we get all our clothes from jumble sales. <laughs> the shame. But, but then she added insult to injury when later that year we went to Midnight Mass. Yeah. And my dad, who wasn't a Catholic, always came to Midnight Mass with us. Yeah. Embarrassed the life out of us because he had an amazing singing voice. Yeah. And he would sing the carols. Really loud. Re- and do the descants. <laughs> 
Do the what? Do the, the harmonising. Right. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and we took go, oh. <laughs> but we went to this midnight mass. Again, it was a, a cold Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, and at that time, the church used to get absolutely full. Yeah. And, and you'd get there an hour or so beforehand to get a seat. Right. So we'd got there early, we'd got our seat, and we're sitting there. And as the church filled up, it got warmer and warmer, and there was this smell. And it was like, somebody's not got any children, somebody's not had a wash for Christmas. And it got stronger and stronger. And then we realised it was my sister. Right. Really, really strong, fishy smell. Well, my mother sent her home, you know, Get home. Yeah. You can't stay here. Stink. <laughs> what she'd done was she'd been shopping with her friends a couple of days before and bought some prawns for the cat <laughs> and put them in a wardrobe, forgotten about them, and the smell of the prawns had attached to the fur. To the fur. Oh, and then gross. It was. A, but to add insult to injury, when we came out of mass, oh, really Christmassy, it had snowed. Yeah. Got home, my sister's in the shed because she didn't have a key. Oh, good. So she walked home in the snow. And sat in a shed in her smelly shed. fur coat. So, yes, that was sort of jumble cells and fur coats. I love it. Um, next story is kitten slash goat slash dog. <laughs> Explain. Right. Mum worked in a foundry. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what is a foundry? It was sort of like. Well, I don't know. They made 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 metal things. They made metal things, right? Because okay. later she worked in the office that was linked to the foundry, and I had to write that down further down. Right. Metallurgical radiologists. Okay. Which was, I was just so proud I could say that. Yeah. I don't know whether I spelt it right, but I can say it. Probably not. And they, um, so I think in the foundry they made parts for one of the early hovercrafts. Right. And I think. At the office she worked in, they x-rayed them or something. Right. I think that's what it was, okay. but I'm, I'm a bit vague. I mean, she was only the, she was the secretary, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't really know the ins and outs. Yeah. But she worked in this foundry, which is like a factory. Yeah. And there were um, – she came in one day and found one of the guys swinging a kitten round by its tail. Right, okay. And she got furious with them. Good. And um, – she gathered up these three kittens, which were wild, yeah, and brought them home. Amazing. <laughs> and we were all, and my dad used to do shifts. And so we were really excited that we got these kittens. Yeah, of and course. they were sitting in this box in the living room. And mum had said, just don't mention them to your dad. See if he notices. <laughs> so. So we're all sitting watching television and Dad's having his, his, his dinner in front of the TV and we're all giggling because we think he hasn't noticed the kittens. Right. <laughs> and he played along, bless him. Brilliant, brilliant. And, um, yeah, and so until finally one of the cats made and we all – and Dad played along. Yeah. What's this? So, but he was an absolute softy with them. Yeah. The kittens would run up his trouser legs, the inside. His <laughs> legs were scratched to hell. <laughs> he was right softy with them. Amazing. So moving on a few years, um, somebody that mum worked with, her son was a vet and he had a debilitating illness that meant he had to move into 
sheltered accommodation, I think, right. or ground floor flat. And he was devastated because he wouldn't be able to take his dog with him. Right. So mum said, I'll have it. Yeah. So she obviously knew some weeks beforehand that she was going to get this dog. So rather than say to my dad, I'm getting a dog, she said to him, I'm going to buy you a goat for your, for, for your birthday. And she kept on about this. And he kept saying, I don't want a goat. She said, you won't have to cut the grass then. If I get you a goat, <laughs> it can cut the grass. And he's like, I just don't want a goat. So, <laughs> I mean, the logic is mind-boggling there. I'm kind of... Uh, the lost. logic worked perfectly because when she finally produced the dog, <laughs> he was like, oh, thank God it's not a goat. <laughs> Amazing. This This is such a weird link now, but I had... Histori- and that was honey. <laughs> I had historian and 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 and, and philosopher and economist Arutka Bregman on a few weeks ago, and he spoke about the Overton window, and it's something in politics where there's such a small window of things that people will take seriously and see as viable, and it's why the parties have gone from being left to right mm. or left to be right more. to be quite central. And he said one of the things the right have been amazing at that the left haven't caught on to yet is stretching the Overton window by people like Trump saying something completely outrageous that we're going to ban all Muslims, Mm. that that then makes a suggestion to tighten up border control or whatever more realistic because they've gone so far to one side Side. that they make something that would previously have been turned down a viable option. And the left don't do that. The left kind of try to keep in the Overton window. So, well, maybe if we put a little bit more money towards the NHS or, or something mm. like that, or rather than saying, look, we need a, a, a universal basic income and things like that, that mm. are bold ideas, but stretch the window. That's what your mum mastered. Absolutely. She said, I'm going to get you a goat. Because if she said, I'm going to get you a dog, you would have said, I don't want no, a don't dog. Want a do- exactly. But she, she stretched the Overton window by saying, I'm going to get you a goat. And then said, well, here's a dog. It's like, well, that's better than a goat. Um, absolutely absolutely ahead of her time (laughs) again um so next up is the attack oh well that's is this the attack this is so again i'll tell this this briefly and we can discuss it but it's one that again people see as a dark story but i always saw it as a hugely positive story and i was delighted that when i put it into a song cowboy which i'll play at the end that it was seen as a positive song oh, yeah, and it's been yeah. pushed when there is tragedies and stuff. A lot of people will play it and push it because it is that. But your mum was was coming home uh, one night from work. It was cold and, and rainy and horrible. And a man dragged her into an alleyway, essentially, right? And he, Yeah, he came out with, with a knife. And, came uh, out with a knife yeah. and his intention was to, to, to attack her, to rape mm. her, to have bad or he had bad intentions and that you know as a man is a terrifying thought i know that i've i've been mugged mm. i got mugged once it was the worst mugging ever mm. um the guy didn't even get off his bike <laughs> <laughs> he, he stopped and said i need some money give me some money and again it was that fear of i knew i only had a couple of quid and i was like well if he has a knife mm. it's not mm. worth that panic yeah. so i just yeah. panicked when ego is yeah. I, I genuinely i said i've got i've got a three pound 37 I, I need a quid to get back over the bridge <laughs> so i'll give you my 237 but again 
that fear as a man in that situation mm. just catch me off guard. Always mm. told myself, no, nah, fuck yeah. that, I'd fight, I'd do yeah. this, and I didn't. Yeah. But your mum kept amazing calm and resolve in that she kind of, as it was all starting to happen, she said, look, it's cold and wet and horrible. There's nothing I can do about mm. this because you're, you're a man, you've got a knife, mm. I can't fight this, but I only live over there. Uh, let's go into my house. We may as well mm. get out of the rain. And he agreed to that, which again is mind mind blowing. The guy, but let's let's assume the guy wasn't a genius anyway. If he's out pulling knives on women for fuck's sake, and you went, they went over to the house, and your mum opened the door, and standing on the other side of your door was your six foot four policeman <laughs> father, who then chased the guy away. Yeah. And again, it was this amazing. It was always an inspirational story of that that calmness and resolve in an unimaginably terrifying mm. situation that, yeah, was just amazing. She she always said that uh, at, at that time um, the practice was if you've got a stranger in the house, you leave the door open so you can escape. Right, yeah. And if she'd shut the door, he probably wouldn't have escaped. Yeah, um, yeah. Because um, they went into the living room and that's right. when they sound um, – Dad was, Dad was there. Um, I was devastated because I missed all the commotion and I missed the police horse and police dogs. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, I mean, story. I am just so in awe of my mother that yeah. she was able to do that, keep her calm. And I, I discussed it with her late, not so much then. And we learned about it because she said the next day it was, look, look, you girls need to be a bit careful because there's somebody a bit nasty around. Yeah. Um, and she played it down. So later on when we talked about it and I said to her, how on earth did you think of inviting him in? Mm. And she said, you don't know what you're going to do when, yeah. when you're faced with this. You can't plan it. You just have to do what you can do. Yeah. And I oh, just so absolutely astounded. Amazing. I mean, this is a good point to break in the stories and just talk about the kind of the positivity of pride of family and, mm. and, and, and relatives and things like that. And there's always ups and downs. There's always things, particularly growing up where your mum would, would have been a nightmare and she would have been absolutely <laughs> terrible. I remember about how long ago did your mum pass away? It was a while, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. But I remember about four or five years did ago. Did I not tweet you this year? Yeah. 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 No, I can't. I, <laughs> I can't think how many. Yeah, you do always mention and, and note it, but um, I always remember you, me texting you or ringing you, in fact. And again, it's known that, or it's always suggested that women of a certain age don't like to be reminded of their age or of anything like that. But I knew that the phone call I was giving you wouldn't be taken as an insult because I was walking through Stamford, where we live, and I've lived my whole life. And I saw a car coming along and I thought, that looks just like Nan. The way they were s s mm. sitting, the mm. uprightness of them. And as they got closer, I realised it was you. It <laughs> <laughs> looks just like Nan. It's my mum. Um, and I rang you to tell you that because I knew that you wouldn't be offended. And when we were, were planning this podcast, I thought of another kind of example of that. For years, as a teen, I wasn't a fan of, of, of my nose. <laughs> it's been it's been something I've always been very self-conscious of. 
It's quite kind of straight and r- rigid. It's not a very... Like, you know how some noses are nice and squishy <laughs> yeah, and soft? Yeah. It's yeah, quite it's, a rigid it's, it's solid. and solid nose. <laughs> and I was never a fan of it. It was always the thing I was most self-conscious of. Both of us aren't fans of photos and stuff <laughs> like that. And we're going to do a Polaroid at the end. So okay. I'm sorry, I'll warn you now. But when I realised, and it was from a photo shoot, I think I did. And again, I say I'm not a fan of photos. People see on my social media, I generally only ever post photos of me from professional photo shoots because mm. I'm not a fan of photos. So if it's a pre- yeah. professional photo shoot, we've shot a hundred and there's two or three that I like. Yeah. Therefore I'll use them over and over again. And yeah. some people will call me out and go, Oh, you love that photo. It's like, no, I can bear that photo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know <laughs> what you mean. Of, yeah. It's one of them. It's not a love, but, um, and it was in one of the photo shoots <laughs> that I realized that I've got your nose and, and Nan's nose. <laughs> And that made me now, it's one of my favourite features because it is that pride of, that's it's it. Family, it's not this, yeah. this thing anymore of, oh, it's kind of straight and rigid. Mm. It's like, that's, that's a Latham yeah. nose. That's, and it's Rob's nose as well. Yeah, and it's kind of, it is. Yeah. Yeah. We've all got that same nose. Yeah. And that turned it from kind of a, oh, I hate that, to, oh, bloody love that. I'm dead you, proud of my nose. You're saying about seeing me in the car. Yeah. I don't know whether I noted it down, but... Not long after Dad died, um, I went up to visit Mum. I think it was Mother's Day coming up or, or yeah. birthday or something. I can't remember. But I drove up there fairly early thinking I'll take her out for breakfast yeah. because she, I can always remember her saying that my nan, who could be very awkward, was always much better if she'd seen somebody in the morning. And, yeah. and it's true, isn't it? If you, have some, if you say something nice or somebody says yeah. something nice to you in the morning, you're like, yeah, I'm get set up. Get you off on the yeah. day nicely, yeah. So I thought, I'd get up there early. So I got to the house. She wasn't there. So I thought, oh, I wonder if she's taking the dog down to the park. So I was driving around to the park and I stopped at traffic lights and mum walked across. I was right at the front of the queue yeah. and she walked across with the dog and waved at me. I waved back. So I thought, oh, she's going back. So I drove around, parked, got out the car, walked back to meet her. And when she met me, she was so surprised to see me. What are you doing here? That's wonderful. What lovely surprise. I said, Mum, you just waved to me. She said, do you know, I knew I knew that face from somewhere. (laughs) I knew I recognised you. That's my daughter. <laughs> I love it. it. At ages, I never knew how old she was growing up. We yeah. always, and and that's why I never know how old you are. I never, I don't know. How I old talk you to are. my, my friends say to me, "How old are your sons?" And I go to Yvonne or Annette. How old are my sons? <laughs> I'm the same. I have people look at me awfully because. I know you've had some big birthdays. Mm. I'm not sure which ones, <laughs> which ones they are. <laughs> and the fact is, I mean, I say this as well all the time, is you and Dad at 50 or at 60 or, or whatever else are worlds apart from Nan and Grandad at mm. 60 and 70 and things mm. like that. People now look People younger and seem yeah. younger. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's lucky your mum was active mm. right until the end. It was a yeah. beautiful thing that yeah. it made it a bigger shock when she did pass away, mm. but she was still working in shops and going on yeah, holidays yeah. and helping out and, and having a life. But it's because of that. I'm like, I know you've both had some big birthdays. No idea <laughs> no, which ones watching. they are. I know, I know you're older than 50, but, <laughs> it, but I'm, I'm 36. So although exactly three times same. this year online, I've got my birthday wrong. 
I did a big post about how 37 isn't a big deal and all the stuff yeah. I've I only got into music at 25 or 26, so you don't have to know early. And it was this big post. It got tons of likes, tons of respect. And one person who I don't know posted going, aren't you 36? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am actually. Um, my mistake. Um, we're going to continue on, but it also made me think of another story. Again, um, I used to be a naughty boy in that I would I'd paint on walls mm-hmm. when I wasn't meant to. And I used to do some some stencils and that. And I got in some magazines and stuff back in the day. And I did this one particular one that was a big one, which was, I called it Smother Them in Peace. And I actually went and revisited one of the original locations of it. And a couple of the birds are still there. Oh, but right. it was a black stencil of an army soldier kneeling and shooting. And then a white kind of, like Soviet type rigid explosion. Mm -hmm. And then the explosion turns into doves. Mm -hmm. And it was a comment at the time of the fact that we were trying to bring peace to countries Mm. by going in there with tanks and guns. So it was called smother them in peace. And I remember that I did one on an underpass one or under a a bridge over a motorway or an A road. And you took Nan to look at it. Um, And it was, again, it wasn't long before she passed away. And I remember you driving past and telling her, look, it's just there. And then she looked and her pausing and saying to you, this is all, all, all relayed from you saying, Oh, that was nice. Yeah. That's lovely. Isn't it? It's like, but why is he shooting them birds? (laughs) Complete opposite point. It's not, it's not a pro hunting uh, stencil. It was meant to be the, the explosion has turned into birds, but she thought it was just a man shooting some birds. Art. Wonderful. so n- n- next one is yoga. Oh, yeah, that's that's just a quick one. That um, I just started going to a Pilates class. Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting because <laughs> I can't I can't actually do it. But um, Cause, it cause reminded me like Pilates, she do yoga she? or did she do Tai Chi as? Um, she did all sorts. Of, she tried lots of different things I, I, to try and keep. Fit. I know this because yesterday I got a message of Stephen Graham and he was saying. He took his mum to a Tai Chi class. Yeah. He was like, I proper liked it. And I said, that's great. My yeah. nan yeah. used to love Tai Chi. And then I said another, another message saying, that wasn't an insult or a dig. She just really used <laughs> to, I remember so, she yeah, used to like she Tai Chi. Yeah, but yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, well, she did when yoga. She, felt, she went to a yoga class and I can always remember her coming back so excited saying, I stood on my head. <laughs> and, and she was like, well, Really? She just yes, look, look, I'll show you. And we shut the door in the living room and she put a cushion on the floor and she said, You have to hold me. <laughs> and we had to hold her legs up so she was standing on her head. <laughs> you didn't stand on your head. No, Other no, people no, held no. <laughs> So this right. next one is a big one. Mum and the Chase. Mum and the Chase. Oh gosh, my mum had such a bad change yes she um became mentally unstable right all sorts she would not get any help um and it was just it would have been a more a a less understood thing absolutely yeah the menopause was just something you got on with yeah but um no she was absolutely awful i'd I'd started work um we lived in forest hill she was working in the foundry in beckenham in elmer's end and i was working in a hairdresser's in in beckenham so um we'd get we'd get the bus to work together and i can remember her sort of 
oh, my God, it's so hot, and being terrified that she was going to completely strip off on the bus. <laughs> and that's my teenage yeah. worries, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she'd be going, oh, it's so hot. And then I'd say to her, this is your stop, and she'd get off and she wouldn't know where she was going. And I, I, right. she got off sort of like two stops before I did. So I'd get off with her and go, you're going to work down that way. Yeah. And I can remember sort of getting into work and ringing my dad and going, I'm really worried about She's, mum and yeah. dad saying, I can't get her to go to the doctors. Oh, wow. She won't go. So she, she, she was obviously dealing with a huge amount of stuff. We were going on holiday to Wales. Now, because mum worked in a foundry, so they had specific shutdown dates. Yeah. Dad was a policeman, so couldn't always get the school holidays yeah, off. Yeah. So we usually ended up having one week with mum and dad. We'd have a week with mum and a week with right. dad. So during the holidays, yeah, yeah, yeah. one week in between. So we were going to Wales and um, they booked a cottage in Snowdonia. Amazing. And um, mum just wouldn't have anything to do with us. Right. It was absolute. Well, I mean, it's funny now, but at yeah. the time it was like, Oh, mum's got loopy. Yeah. <laughs> and I can remember we would, Dad, Angela, Robert and I, we would walk down the street going somewhere or other. Mum would cross over and walk the opposite way oh. rather than walk. She wouldn't do anything Lord, with us. Yeah. And and it was just, and I can remember at the time the song um, that was that, Moany Moany. Right, and we yeah. were just going, mum's Moany Moany. <laughs> <laughs> That's mum's song. You know, we we weren't terribly sympathetic yeah because we didn't really understand what was going on it was it was she just you know it was just she had really really bad change and when so, did that kind of resolve because i always it, knew her as great and lovely and absolutely, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Fine. I, I guess she it went on probably for a couple of months i i imagine that eventually my dad got her to see somebody and, get, and some get some help right. but i don't remember that i only remember the the bits that were scary, I guess, yeah, for, yeah. for um teenager and, and that. So um yeah. so when my change was coming, I know I said, I go mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but i I was just dead lucky because I, I didn't have anything really. No, I didn't I got, I didn't know I got hot and cold, but yeah. that's all and You'd and like been a bit my mum <laughs> Like my mum, the heat switch is uh, left on, so I'm like hot most of the time. Yeah. That's, uh... This is now going off track, but it just reminded me. I texted a picture to Ian the other day because out of nowhere I had a flashback of a game that Nan used to have. I'm sure Nan had it. Do you remember that? It was a Bugs Bunny game Vaguely. with carrots. Vaguely, yes. And you had to pull the carrots yes, out. Yes, I do, yes. Ian was saying that you had to spin the spinner in there and yeah. then you had to pull the carrots out and some of them had caused, like some kind of operation type thing. Yeah. Some of them had yeah. caused something bad. But yeah, <laughs> that's no good for people on the podcast because you can't see that. But <laughs> I literally hadn't thought of that in years. Yeah. And then, yeah, it came to yes. mind. I was like, what was that game? I had yeah, to we Google to so much to try and find it. I can remember playing games, you know, Cop It and uh, yeah. those sort of things. And, and, um, and she loved her. Tetris on, her. Tetris on her Game Boy. <laughs> I always liked, she, she had, and it's so simple, but she, she, she had really good just wooden building blocks to play with. Yes. And I loved that when I would then look after Alicia or Sophie mm. when they were small, round at Nan's, they'd be playing with the yeah. same blocks that I played with yeah. when I was their size. And yeah. 
That's good old-fashioned toys, that, yeah. isn't it? And they yeah. were the ones that they'd choose. They were yeah. other more modern things, and you'd want to play with the really the nicely nice made wooden, wooden blocks. blocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, on right, to, on to wedding. Wedding, yes. On... <laughs> I, I was um, all ready for my wedding, and Mum was getting ready for the car to go down, and she took me aside and said, look, if you've changed your mind... It's fine. I don't mind what the way neighbours say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she said, don't don't worry about, you know, it doesn't matter if you have changed your mind, which is a lovely thing to do. Because actually, that's a pressure field situation and time. I mean, weddings then didn't cost what they cost now. But they Um, still cost a lot. And, and, yeah. You know, we we had it at home. We had the reception in in the garden, and yeah. you know it was. Um, but <laughs> but she said that if you've changed your mind, it's fine. Don't worry, you can say so. Yeah. Don't go through with it if you don't want to. Yeah. Which I say was was an amazing. I I at the time, it was, what, what are you talking about? But yeah. you know that that was yeah, when you massive. think about it, it was yeah. a massive thing. Then when I got to the church. Um, they'd forgotten to open the main doors, so we had to go in the side door. The oh, mum God. came round and opened the side door, and, and she said to me... Best wedding ever. <laughs> Staggering <laughs> in the side door through the mud. All right, shall we get married then? And she said, I'll tell you something funny later, and disappeared. <laughs> so so the, the, the wedding music all started, and we went into the church, and... Um, <laughs> And, and the wedding went ahead and when we came out and we're posing for photos and I'm going, what are you going to tell me? <laughs> Did she ever tell you? What was it going? She said, I got into church, knelt down and the zip went on the back of my dress. I'm pinned together with safety pins. Amazing. The fact that she queued you up for that just as you're about to get married. I tell you what, you're going to love this story. Um, and, hairdress. Sorry, yes, go on. Go on. Yeah. Are we moving on to hairdressers? Yes, yes go on to hairdressers. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's the hairdressers? <laughs> I, I was, um, as, as I said before, I worked in hairdressers. She used, when we moved to Beckenham, mm. she then walked past the hairdressers to get to her work. Right. <laughs> I was at work one day and I was putting rollers in somebody's hair and mum walked up to me and said, I'd rather you died than were maimed in an accident and walked out. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather you died than were maimed in an accident. And this poor woman whose hair I was doing, she was going... Who was that? I'm going, sorry, it's only my mum. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a hell of a thing to just just let you know. Now, my mum, I, one of the traits I have carried on from my mum is that I'll continue conversations oh, days later sometimes. Yeah. Well, I the hairdressers I was at, they bought me a car and we had dis- discovered that they had um, paid for an iffy MOT. Right. And so my mum, nice. <laughs> and that had obviously been playing on my mum's mind, yeah. and she'd been marching into work, getting all angry, yeah. and got to I'm going in and telling her. That's that's <laughs> ma- massively a trait that you've inherited. There will be you'll continue a conversation from hours earlier, 
yeah. as if we've been having it the whole time and it'll be awfully confusing. Yep. And, and it is catching because when I was at work, I'd, I'd suddenly, we had an open plan office and I would suddenly say something and people would go, are you talking to us? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that related to what we were talking about two days ago? Yeah. When <laughs> And it does get catching. They did start doing the same. <laughs> this is unrelated, but it's just mum weirdness. Um, one of the most me and Ian have laughed ever is when you joined WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> and we both got a notification to say, mum has added you to the group, my boys or the boys. And then we, <laughs> because we'd been busy, we hadn't seen. So we literally opened and said, Mum has added you to the group, your boy, the boys. Mum has added Ian to the group, the boys. Mum has left the group. <laughs> and Ian just going and going, well, that was weird. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant mum nonsense. Added you to the group, left the group. All right, well, does she want oh, us to dear. talk more or is this just an error? So next story. As we're at the hour mark, we're more than halfway through, so this is good. Um, next story is dad. Yes, well, I thought I'd give my dad a mention. Yep. Um, <laughs> when, when Ian was born, yeah. you, generally when, when ladies have babies, their mum come and looks after them for yeah. the first one. My dad came and looked after me. <laughs> really? Yeah, my dad came down and stayed for a few days to All help right. me cope with things with a new baby. <laughs> mum wasn't here. <laughs> no, no, mum, I was saying, I think I probably, mum, dad was probably more domesticated than my mum. Yeah. Or oh, from the story so far. <laughs> yeah. Although my mum did insist that Angie, Rob and I all cleaned the toilet and we all did the housework on it yeah. because mum and dad were working. We all, on a Sunday, we all had to do the yeah. housework and my brother was taught to iron yeah. To, and, and things like that, because my mum was incensed that when she was growing up, her brother didn't have to yeah. do anything. So she made sure, and she always instilled in us that boys and girls can do exactly the same yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. So again, she's very much ahead so, of her time. So when I had Ian, yeah. my first baby, my dad came down and looked after that's me. That's good. Again, that's the quality there. But just so so you do know how to do all that stuff. <laughs> It's just a just choice that you don't to. clean or right. <laughs> okay. It's good to know. Um, yeah, and, and when um, we we save the top tier of our wedding cake for, which again is a traditional yeah, thing, yeah, you yeah. save that and make it into the And my dad iced the christening cake. Right, wow. So, um, yeah, he did all that. So He was, he was also, a really good cook. He was. He'd have he was, liked to be in a chef. And he was the inventor of what we still maintain is the best post-Christmas sandwich ever because he'd do, he'd toast, a, a toast each slice on one side yeah. and then he'd let it get cold and then butter it yeah. thickly and then put ham and turkey. Mm-hmm. And, and salt. And salt. And it was just amazing. For years as a kid, I didn't know that's how he did it. I thought, because the, 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 the crumble, the crumb, the crumbs of the toasted side seemed like it was an extra ingredient. Yeah. So gen- this sounds stupid, but I was genuinely like, he puts this crumbly stuff on there. <laughs> I didn't know that that's how it was done until years half later. Toasted, and it, half, half toasted. Half toasted, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. toasted on the inside and then 
He was amazing with his sandwiches. Yeah. As kids, he used to um, make sandwiches and cut them into the shape, into letters of our name amazing. and things like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, all right. So next up is <laughs> Stamford Beach. Yes. Again, when Ian was a toddler, mm-hmm. um, mum came down to visit. She yeah. brought Nan, yeah. your great Nana, with her, um, and the tortoise. Yep. Because she thought the tortoise Charlie. was, yep. She thought the tortoise was looking a bit depressed and could do with a day out. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> and we were living in uh, Masonet in Stamford at the time, and um, we we got down there, and I said, well, "Let's go." It was a lovely day, so we decided to go to the beach, mm-hmm. Stamford Beach, which it was imported sand on, and then gunk, and then yeah. the river, and we thought we'd go down. It, you, you drove down there and you went through these sort of really bumpy roads and yeah. things. And it was a beautiful day. And mum said, well, we'll take the tortoise because the tortoise comes from a hot place so the sand will be all right. <laughs> <laughs> My nan moaned the whole way down there. Well, we suppose, what are we doing? So anyway, we got to the beach, sat there, had a, had a little picnic. Mm. Ian was playing on the beach and then obviously I wasn't paying attention <laughs> and he wandered out and fell in mud. Oh, right. So we, we have this extremely muddy toddler. Yeah. And nothing really, because I wasn't prepared, so not very much to sort of clean him up with. Um, grumpy man, tortoise. <laughs> and we all got back in the car. But mum always maintained that the tortoise was much better for its day much out. Yeah. But it's good to know that there's a history of not paying attention <laughs> to your children on the beach. Um, we won't go into the story now, but, but when you and Dad were previously on the podcast, I think it was episode around 50, and it was mm-hmm. my birthday special, and um, one of the things uh, we talked about was how I got my stutter because I almost died on a mm. beach in France. Um, and we also talked about you and Dad's separation mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's an interesting episode if people haven't heard that. One of the things that's come to mind, I forgot to mention it, uh, when you mentioned... Ha- uh, Honey, which is, there's my stutter, mm. see, that's because that's you let me You're almost die, Mum. Um, <laughs> I took you to Lourdes you to, to get rid Lourdes. of the little man. Yeah, the voice is in my head. Again, tune into that other podcast for that explanation. Um, I recently joined the best website in the world, borrowmydoggy.com, mm-hmm. where you sign up and it's people who've got like jobs and their dogs are left alone in the daytime or older people who need help walking their dogs. And if you can take the dog in the day, you get to just have a dog for a day. You can take it for a walk. You get to take it on walks. If they're going on holiday, they've mm-hmm. got people to, to look after the dog. And I think it's amazing. I borrowed two pugs, Elvis and Dorothy Explorer, who were fantastic. <laughs> Had a great day with them. I planned to borrow a lot more. But it was, it made me think that Nan was doing that yes. ahead of a website. She'd look after the dogs. It was often dogs of her friends who were older. And we're on their way out, and often when they went, yeah. <laughs> when they they died, she'd end up keeping the dog. But I always remember her having because always I've, a selection of dogs <laughs> on on the website. You have to explain why you've joined, and I explain that I travel a lot, therefore I can't really have a dog. And then it asks if you've previously had a dog. And mm-hmm. I've never had a dog, but m- m- my nan had mm. numerous dogs, yeah, like Honey yeah. and Paddy, and, yeah, and numerous yeah. others that would kind of yeah. And Rusty, the deaf one. Rusty, that's right. I was trying <laughs> to think of, of the other ones, yeah. So yeah, yeah, she kind of invented that. But I just I need to give a yeah, she a was shout ahead of her time, wasn't she? Because it's great, she? and she was ahead of her time on that. Because 
yeah, it was she, just a really she decided, po- positive idea. Yeah, she just said she, she enjoyed them. She she couldn't get a dog because she was getting older and yeah. she didn't feel she it was fair. She'd outlast so yeah. she'd um she got word around. I think she had a friend that worked at a hospital or something, and then if they heard of older people that were going in, yeah. um, she'd look after the dog. Yeah. It's it's great. <laughs> I really like I've only borrowed these two dogs for one day, but I likened it um, to the wonder of being a godparent that I get to <laughs> pop round and have all the fun bits and not have to deal with all with the, the nightmare <laughs> bits. I get to give them back and go, there you go, there's your dog. I've had a lovely day. Um, I've tired Great myself stuff, out knowing. Yeah. Um, so n- next up, Cowboys slash Playing Dead. I, I can just, it's just one of the memories I have of my mum um, visiting with, um, I don't know whether it was both of you. I'm sure it was both of you. Right. Um, and just playing cowboys and hiding behind the stair thing and shooting yeah. and and then going, oh, I'm dead, and, and just rolling about and doing silly things yeah, like that. Yeah. And it was just a memory that I just thought I'd mention. Yeah, 100%. That, uh, that, and that was it. It was, it, it, it was nice because that was – it was done – I don't know. It was arranged well that as kids visiting our grandparents – was seen as a treat mm. and it feels a lot of stuff mm. these days it feels like it's a chore or whatever else but it was always an exciting thing yeah. to go and stay at yeah. nan and grandas or go and see again dad's mum and dad had the genius thing of their sweet jar and then their 10p jar that <laughs> obviously we've got got little hands so it wouldn't break the bank but when we'd go around and visit we were allowed to put one put hand, hand in, in. <laughs> and take what we can get and again that was one of the things I was most excited about to yeah. go back to school and I'd You'd get like a quid out of it or something like that. It was hugely exciting to go, oh, and the sweet jar was the same. They had had a kind of, it was like a totem pole of these little heads that had sweets in and you'd you'd check and take one out and it was, yeah. Mm. But again, it was always (laughs) exciting to go and see either of our our grandparents (laughs) because of that. Yeah. So so I'll just just mention that because I remembered that. And then emails and faxes is the next thing. And yeah. again, I mentioned that because mum could not get her head round how emails and faxes worked. Yeah. She went. She had a computer. She didn't often put it on when unless there was somebody with her. But she took herself off on a couple of courses to learn about how to use Brilliant. computers. Yeah. So she was she was up. I remember us going round there and setting her computer up and showing yeah. it all, and her kind of just not. <laughs> She's she like, but, but okay. how does an email work? Yeah. Does it, you know, does it go up into the clouds? And and I remember I did um, a thing at the library where we had um, a set of faxes. It was um, a, a deaf awareness um, promotion that we were working with partners and they brought all these faxes in. And we got a number of um, people in and they draw pictures and then fax it and it would come out the other end. Yeah. And it was just showing how communication was changing at yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mum was just, but how does that work? How do they you do know? that? I don't understand. How can that picture on my bit of paper here? And I've still got the bit of paper but that's, and it's come out over but, there. But that's correct. That's, that's how people sh- should be. Yeah, absolutely. Is born of a time where people were quite rightfully amazed at the idea of photos. Yeah, because I've I've discussed this before. It's why I did photography at university and some mm. of that. Because I it blew my, it blows my mind that yeah. that people don't think about it enough because it's just on your phone now or whatever else. But the fact that 
this is a real thing that's happening. Yeah. And now that's been captured. That yeah. moment has been captured in this device. Yeah. Like, that's mind-blowing to me. That should yeah. be more magical yeah. than it is. Because it, it is truly magical that you can just grab a moment and it's preserved. It's absolutely. like, that's, that's madness. Well, she so, yeah. absolutely, you know, in her mind, the emails went into a cloud <laughs> and then rain down somewhere, you know, and, and I, I agree. It's just lovely. over smartphones. They Absolutely. would have blown her mind. Snapchat filters would have, would have had her going crazy. Um, right, next one. Little job. Well, you know, whenever you visited her, she always go, oh, it's lovely to see you. I've just got a little job. Yeah. And she always had a little job for most of us. In, yeah. <laughs> and, and linking to the next one, it was often with me, it was the free view. Right. She she had a free view box, and when it updated, she didn't she didn't like to press the buttons in case she she killed it or something. Yeah. So she'd go, "This box has often been able to watch anything for for days." Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or she'd tell me on the phone, "I got to come up and sort it out." Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, How did you do that? <laughs> I love that after after Granddad had had, had passed, she would often um, stand at the end of her front garden. Because it's a busy road. Again, it's opposite Beckenham Junction <laughs> yeah, Station. Yeah. They don't live there anymore. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're dead. So it's not a scary detail to give away. <laughs> but she'd stand at the end of her drive with a jam jar that she couldn't open and wait for a man to walk past and ask them to open it. Can you open my jam jar, please? And they would, and she'd go back in. And she'd have loads of things like that where she'd just go, I need help with this. Yeah. I'm going to go and get help with yeah. this. Yeah, Rather absolutely. than panic or leave it, she'd go, all right, she I'll go had, and ask a stranger. She had... Um, a hearing aid. She yeah. could not understand why people wouldn't get their ears tested. Right. And she said, but I can't hear. I couldn't hear. So I went and got my ears tested and now I can hear. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's she's magical. very much like that. Yeah. But I think the other thing that um, she go to, she went to a supermarket once and just said to somebody, what do men drink? Yeah. Classic. <laughs> the, the what do men drink? Because... We were coming up, and she didn't know what men drank <laughs> these days. So, again, that's, that's problem solving. Right, uh, the next got a few little bottle are sort of odd, vague things that I thought I'd just mention. Yes. That, um, some of my mum's fondest memories were staying with her grandparents in Charlton St Giles. And you went there recently, and I didn't took you? her. You take, yes, you took. Oh, yeah, I took, you took her. Your yes, just, yeah, yeah, I took her a couple of times yeah. before she died. Yeah, and she was so delighted to see. Her grandparents' cottage, and her, they lived opposite Milton's cottage. Right. So, um, and the row of cottages are still there. So we were sort of peering along, and as we were wandering around the village, she'd say, "Uncle So and So had a garage there, and So and So had a garage there." So, so it was weird, just isn't amazing. It? We've done that. Yeah. With Nan's house, yeah. like going, oh, they've changed. Yeah, they've changed the it. They've put an extension in there. It's like, again, I'd never known that we're, we're, we're yeah. reliving that, but we've gone and gone yes. round the back to have a look yes. at where the garage is and kind of have a quick look, have a look at what's going on. Absolutely, and they've put a balcony on. Um, they've obviously put a room in the loft and put a balcony on it. Uh, Mum would have loved that. Yeah. She always wanted a balcony. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> so she'll be well pleased that the house has got one. I love it. So we've oh, got... her, her wedding. Yeah which was, again, something that really irritated her because she was a Catholic and Dad wasn't. Yeah. So she arrived a few minutes early for her wedding and was out before the wedding was due to take part because she wasn't allowed to have a mass. Right. So it was literally just, a, you know, in and out. And, and oh, wow. she was she was always quite 
incensed that that happened. Yeah. So later when when we've all got married and we've had sort of the, the weddings we wanted, yeah. she was sort of like... Oh. <laughs> I was in that before it was yeah, she's, due to begin. Literally. <laughs> so I just thought I'd mention that yep. one. And the other thing, which... <laughs> the mass bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had me in stitches when she was telling me that um, when she was a child and she went to mass, when yeah. they rung the bells, you were always like, you put your head down. And we we still did that yeah. when we... You, know, you put your head down and, and, you know, you're reverent and you don't look. Well, it was installed on her that she must not look and she was absolutely convinced that that was when the priest had a wee. Because <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't think of anything else why she shouldn't look. <laughs> Nobody look. I'm ringing the wee bell. <laughs> and, and just out of interest, because I don't know whether you ever knew, that she used to work for ABC. The film, no, I um, know you know, that. like oh, you've got Odeon and Vu yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. There used to be ABC, ABC and she used to do film bookings. So I thought that was oh, quite wow. an interesting yeah, link. Yeah. Um, I'll try and dig out. I'm sure when when I cleared the house out um, after she died, there was um, a, a new staff newsletter thing that mentioned yeah. that she was leaving or she was oh, wow. had a baby or yeah, something. That sounds so. good. Um, Oh, a metallurgical radiologist. Yep. I put that down simply because I, I remembered it in the middle of the no, night yep. and thought I won't remember. Uh, the little theatre is, is an important one because that's yes. one that we, it's an amateur. Th- Bromley Little Theatre. It's, yes. it's an amateur dramatics type, type thing, is yes. it? Amateur. And, and yeah. it meant that from a, a young age, we went and saw plays and went oh, to the yeah. theatre. And they weren't always things that we enjoyed, but it was all. She she always booked really us in for their Shakespeare yeah. thing because she always said that she didn't understand it and she thought that the little theatre did it really, really well so so that you could understand yeah, it. Yeah, completely. Um, and it, I had a memory of it recently because I went to a play in the West End. I went to see The a Ferryman, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. And I realised that since then, every time I've gone and seen a play... I fancied someone in the play and been convinced that, you know, we're, we've exchanged a look. And that's, as a six-year-old, there's been a pretty woman and I've been convinced we've exchanged a look there. And interestingly, in The Ferryman, the one that I fancied was, was one of the young men. He was gorgeous. Again, I'm very much heterosexual, but it, 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 it's just set my... It's, it, oh, it's proved that every time I've been to see something, there's always something I'm like, oh, right. person is gorgeous. Well, yeah. But again, it's 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 the... It's the excitement and admiration of the of the performance and of the yeah. art, and that was that came f- from the the little theatre. And yeah, we were bribed to be there because she'd run the ice cream thing at the interval and we'd get a free ice cream yes. and stuff. So it was all all part of it. But yeah, that's a positive thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And she, when Dad retired, you know, he got involved in it. Yeah. She was very good at involving Dad in because she wasn't going to have him sitting around getting bored. Yeah. So yeah. he would do posters because he was so artistic. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah so. I love it. And cancer research. Ditto. Um, she did a lot of voluntary work, and one of my best memories was um, they got um, a spot in Trafalgar Square at the Christmas right. tree mm-hmm. to shake their cancer yeah. research um, jars, and it was one of the first times I went up and shook a jar for a, yeah. a charity, and I loved it because people kept trying to avoid you. You kept going. <laughs> You thought you'd missed me? You went that way, I went that way. Got, I'm yeah. still here. So <laughs> I 
I love that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that was just... And what's the, the CVS? <gasps> she volunteered with um, Bromley CVS or Beckenham CVS to do shopping for the elderly. Right. Well, bearing in mind she was in her mid-late 60s at the time. Yeah. And she was going... And my mum, my dad always did the shopping because mum could not bear going up and... My dad liked to go up and down every aisle. So I used to go with him because I go, I'm happily going up and down every aisle. Just see, it might be something I fancy. Whereas mum would go, I want bread, I'm going to the bread and I'm out. Yeah. I'm like your mum in that way. (laughs) I remember when me and and Kate, who I used to see years ago, I would be... It got to a point where I'd be so blunt in the supermarket because I knew that she was like your dad in that she'll just stroll along yep. up and down every aisle. Yep. And I'd, I'd literally say, it's look, I'll meet you back here in 10 <laughs> minutes because I'm going to go and get 90% of what we need. And you can stroll up and get the last 10%. And I'll come back with everything, normally in my arms, because I've not taken the trolley. So I'll grab that and grab that and grab that. So she did this and she, she was, she, I can remember going, these people give you a list. If they're fussy about what apple they have, why don't they put, I want a red apple? Because if I get a green apple and then they moan about it. She didn't do it for very she long. Didn't enjoy it, no, clearly. <laughs> and invariably she was shopping for younger people than her. Um, Not that she. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got two more things on the list. <laughs> The last one has given me the most curiosity the whole time, so we'll leave that till last. Obviously, National Trust. National Trust again. She um, she volunteered to help out at various yeah. um, places, and and she involved Dad. Yeah. She she would always put Dad forward for doing um, sort of wardening and helping yeah, people yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they they got quite involved with their local National Trust, yeah. and they went on holidays. I was going to say local it was good because yeah. it gave a lot of, of holidays, and one of the things that we discussed when you were previously on was your insistence on continuing as your mum did in when you were no longer married, you, you know, it was a Mm. divorce, but her her husband had passed away that she would still go on holidays and have holidays on her own or go on holidays with her friends or whatever else, just to be comfortable with the fact that you don't need I don't need no man, but <laughs> but so you don't need to have a relationship or whatever else. You need to have somebody else yeah, there that you can do all these things, things on your own. That, yeah. that you want to, and again, yeah. we went into it a lot more in the previous podcast, but <laughs> going out for meals and things like that, to to force yourself to do that, to know that you don't need a partner yeah. to go to the cinema with, yeah. to go out for meals yeah. with and things like that. And, and, and it's more that you, you don't miss out on things because you haven't got somebody yeah, to do things exactly with. Exactly that, yeah. yeah. So right, the, the final one... one <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just read it out as as it, as verbatim. Family planning clinics dash coil slash deep sea diving exclamation mark. <laughs> Go ahead, Mo. I've no idea. I've theorised over what this might be endlessly. Go ahead. <laughs> well, the deep dark family secret was Mum used to run family clan planning clinics when right. they were the fpa right um, that was before hospitals t- took them over okay so um she would she would go to a hospital and run a clinic there but right. then all the supplies and things she brought home and brought backwards and forwards with her wow. so um we, anyway, we, she did that's have at a time when it of, was far more of a cloak and dagger type, absolutely type thing. but she so would have again ahead of and, and being a catholic you're not supposed oh, to wow. yeah, of course. Um, believe in in family planning as such yeah. um but 
she'd she'd have there'd be boxes of pills and coils and things under the bed and and condoms (laughs) and and march them out anyway as as things change then she got set offices in different places and um, one of the um clinics that she she used to run was at Dulwich Hospital and she used to do the family planning and she also used to run the vasectomy clinics mm-hmm. um, and as I got older I, I helped out so I'd answer the phone or help dish out the supplies and things that the doctor had written up and we had some hysterical incidences there yeah. but um, one of the things mum used to do is if it was quiet and they had new doctors on she used to let them practice putting inserting coils Right. She goes, well, they've got to learn somehow. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God. I mean, I at the time, it was sort of like, oh, yes, but, know you know, later, yeah. having had a coil, it's not the nicest of no. things to happen. So she used to go, oh, there's a new doctor, and I'll let them take my coil out and put a new one in. Good Lord. <laughs> so dedication. Yeah. Um, but we, we also... Um, um, at the clinic had some hysterical things. So people would come in and um, I can remember one young lady coming in and she was going on holiday to Ireland. And she was like, now how, and she'd been written up for condoms and you, you could give out certain numbers and you'd say, well, how many do you want? And she stood there calculating. It's <laughs> always amusing. Um, another time um I was um, helping with the vasectomy clinic. I'd usually take people in and say, like, you, you go and change in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the clinic was in Dulwich, which was we lived in Beckenham. And I can remember one of my clients from the hairdressers coming in with her husband and oh, going, wow. oh, my God, you top and tail them. <laughs> <laughs> but Amazing. What, what happened with the... Um, in the vasectomy clinic, you would say, when they came out, at that time you'd say to them, now, look, you know, you've, you've had this operation. You need to keep yourself sort of supported. Good idea to wear a pair of your wife's knickers. <laughs> okay. And then we used to say, and don't go deep sea diving. Because we had had... We'd had a gentleman <laughs> wheelchaired into the clinic one week and um, he said, oh, it's gone wrong. The, you know, you did the operation, it's all gone wrong. And when they talked to him, he'd been deep sea diving because nobody had told him. Nobody and he burst all his, his stitches. Oh, wow. So, oh, God, so after brilliant. that, mum insisted that when we spoke to people, you we said, people and don't go deep sea diving. It wasn't going <laughs> to well, that is a perfect story to end on. Um, well, thank you very much for coming and chatting. And that's perfect. That's that's coming at 90 minutes. So that's oh, super. We've, we've nailed that. Um, where can people find you on social media? Because you're on Instagram and on Twitter, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am. Yes. And what is it? Um, J- Jenny underscore. Um, Do you know? I can't you remember. I'm going to look at you. I'm look gonna look I know now. I've got a glow worm on. Yeah. You've got a glow worm <laughs> as your picture because, again, we're not fans of having a photo second. So, Jenny. Ten ninety two. That's um, it. Yes. Is that on Twitter and Instagram? Is it the um, same? Probably. Hang on, let me have a look. All right, Jesus, you've not done any prep here. <laughs> Sorry, not, I, I not didn't, done the didn't know you were going to ask. <laughs> yep, J- Jenny ten ninety two, and on that one, it's a picture of Mingus, your cat. 
<laughs> your, your current cat. Um, also, obviously, we've done this because it's Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and your mum happens to have loads of good stories. So I feel <laughs> bad that I've not had Dad on again, but Dad has been on previously, so you can listen to that. He's on Twitter um, at Chris One Meads, um, and he tweets about he does his galloping gourmets a lot, oh, which yes. is him and his his two mates. They go out one Tuesday every month. And have done for what twenty years, thirty years, or something, and they go to a different restaurant and review it. So yeah, Chris. I'm, I'm one not meets. sure. Not sure about the um, new dish at Hardy Park. Oh really? Did you not see the picture? No. Oh. oh, what is it? What's the new dish at Hardy Park? What's going on? Hot cross bun with bacon. Oh, with bacon. Yeah, there's been some controversy. <laughs> yes. Over if hot cross savory hot uh, savory hot cross buns are exceptional, acceptable. God, I can't speak. We've been talking for too long. Yeah, I like it. So, yeah, he's on there, and I'm going to have my Uncle Pat on soon (gasps) to talk about, because he was one of, oh, he was the first label manager of Trojan Records. He had reggae radio station, his own reggae label. So, um, so Pat's going to be on, and I'm sure we'll talk about my dad a lot on there as well. Because, again, (laughs) I was conscious of this, because we've not got loads of stories about dad's dad or your dad like yeah, there's a lot of yes. stories for some reason about your mum specifically yeah, yeah. that's why i've done this yeah. as a, a mother's day one and i felt bad that i probably won't end up doing a father's day one because it's a lot of time to fill yeah, but yeah. we've struggled to get them all I'm in i'm sure there'll be other weirdo. reasons um yeah so that's that's wonderful thank you very much for coming on and chatting and uh yeah well, thank you for, for letting me talk about mum. It's mum good and fun. Being, yeah and again that's something that's worth highlighting as this is a mother's day special Go and talk to your mum and get stories yeah. about their mum because more than half of them I hadn't heard before. Mm, and it's mm. one of the things I love about the podcast is I sit down with people I know and find out stuff I wouldn't normally have found out. Yeah, and yeah. These stories are great. Yeah. And I think people, again, we go back to the um, the Carla Valentine mm. episode. Did I say Carla Valentine earlier or did yeah, I say Susie Gage? No, no, I'm you like, said Yeah, Carla. I said Carla. Yeah. Um, Again, we go back to the Carla Valentine episode of people get scared to talk about anything that relates yeah, to death. Yeah. One of my favourite things is remembering people who aren't here anymore. Yeah, As yeah, you know, yeah. um, my favourite day of the year is mm. the anniversary of our mate yeah. Jamie's death because yeah. I meet up with Jamie and not with Jamie. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have a Ouija board. I meet up with Chris yeah. who does the drunk cast and hardcore listing and we go round to Jamie's mum and dad's house and his brother... Dave's there, um, Errol and Babette are his mum and dad. Mm. Errol's a, a Welsh and Babette's French, and it's just mm. the best combination because yeah. that's just great accents. Yeah. Um, and his sister's there and some friends, a load of our mates there. And we have a bit of a drink yeah. and we just talk and remember. Yeah. It's genuinely, it's my favourite day of the year because yeah. a lot of people would think of it as a sad day because it's the anniversary of a friend's yeah. death, but it's also his birthday. But again, it shouldn't be. It no, should be no. about remembering. So, but, yeah, but I, I, think I love also, that on Mother's Day it can be. Like, we can talk about This that, is yeah. possibly the most laughter I've had on a podcast, <laughs> and we're talking about your dead mum. Yeah. But we've had a great time yeah, talking absolutely. about it. So, yeah. But I think the other thing that's important is, is talking about death, but also before that, because one of the things my mum was always absolutely mm. adamant about was if I start going do lally, yeah. put me in a home. Yeah. I'm telling you now, yeah. while I'm sane, I do not want you having to look after me if, mm-hmm. if I get dementia or whatever. You yeah. know, your life is your life. You shouldn't, you're not here to look after and me. That is an important and, and, and I tough think subject. that's, um, I was lucky that I didn't have to make that decision yeah. and I didn't 
have to test whether I felt guilty or not. But I know she gave me that permission to do that while she was... Yeah, absolutely. And that's important because what a lot of people don't realise as well, often think of it as a bad thing to get Mm. carers in or put someone in a home. And I know from, again, knowing numerous people who worked in the care industry Mm. that a lot of the time, an awful lot of the time, it's an improvement oh, and it's, they're happier because they've got yeah. someone there constantly yeah. Yeah. and equally the, the toughness of caring for a, a loved one going through that, it's tougher because you've got an emotional attachment. Mm. If someone's job is just to turn up and do this, then they're not going to mind if you've, if they've forgotten that you've told them this 10 yeah. times because yeah. they're just doing their doing job, their which job, makes, yeah. it yeah. takes any pressure off because then there can be guilt on the person who's going through it because they know that they're letting their, son or daughter yeah. or whoever down because yeah. they're forgetting yeah. stuff and yeah. it's a terrible cycle well, absolutely. so it can and be I think, a beautiful thing to absolutely. say i'm gonna i love you so much i'm gonna put you in a home or i'm yeah. gonna get help for you love, 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 love whatever those steps are yeah i think yeah. that can be a positive thing because well, it's my mum had picked where she to wanted to go yeah she told yeah. me perfect uh, if, if if i start going that's the place i want to go yeah with you and ian you find me a nice place as long as you you're happy it's a good place oh. i'm happy you get on with your lives. Oh, we've had a short list I for won't years. Remember. Don't worry That's about that. Fine. We've had a short list for years. <laughs> Anytime we get a text that doesn't make sense, we're like, does this qualify? Can Are we, we allowed to put her in a home yet? now? But not yet. You've just been going. Oh, no, she's got to do a bit more tidying up. You've just yet. been coherent for 90 minutes. So you've got yourself at least another year. God damn it. Well, thank you very much for coming and chatting. Okay. It's been a pleasure. And you're going off now today to go and see Angela and Rob and, Rob, yes. and meet up with your brother yes. and sister. And again, it is, I like those things because you're a family, or we're all families, particularly with my work, who will have periods where we don't mm. catch up mm. or see each other. And I think it's nice when there's not pressure on that. And again, I think that comes from your mum not sending you letters when you're at camp <laughs> or not doing these. It's like... No, it's okay to kind of. Well, the important thing is knowing that they're there for you when you would need them. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's the key thing. Yeah. If you you don't need to live in people's pockets, yeah. and you know. Yeah, exactly that. Well, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll end the podcast with. I'll probably do an outro and then end it with cowboy. Superb, lovely. So this, yeah, this is all. Uh, sh- sh- shout out to Joan Helena Latham. <laughs> And there we have it. That was, again, arguably the most fun I've ever had on a podcast. Just hearing stories, hearing my mum laugh at at funny stuff and at stuff that's just nonsense. Just her giggling away like an idiot. Thank you for tuning in. A lot of podcasts to come. Some really exciting stuff lined up. I won't go into that now. um, Because... It's already been a 90-minute podcast, and now we're going to have a song at the end. So I'm going to end this podcast with um, Cowboy by Dan Lassac versus Scroobius Pip. It's off of our album Logic of Chance. Um, it features Kid Carpet, who, who sings the chorus. Um, and we, it's, I think we sampled the chorus from uh, one of his songs, or it was a song he was working on, and we said, look, that's great, that fits. So, so yeah, 
hope you enjoy it and I hope you've enjoyed listening to this and I hope you go and have a lovely Mother's Day and talk to your mum about her mum or talk to your mum's mum about her mum. Any Anything mum related, your mum. Bye. dedicated to its main protagonist and it illustrates how the human brain it manages to pull through the toughest of terrains and challenges even when it seems we maybe can't sustain the damages Ella lived in London, she was an office clerk a job required her to focus and to stay alert she was walking home one dark evening late from work the wind was strong and it caused that kind of rain that hurts out of nowhere a figure did grab at Helen his hand covered her mouth so she was gagged from yelling into an alleyway she was then dragged no telling what more in store for her this evening had this felon now pause the story there and try and put yourself in that road back from your life minutes from your warm abode in that situation most people would freeze up and implode but Helen somehow managed to remain composed cowboy get back on your horse homeboy get back on your horse my size so it's either give in or be killed but this cold cold rain just adds to the trauma let's go to my house it's just round the corner he contemplated he smiled a sick smile and then agreed and to her doorway she did then leave her hands shaking and she fumbled for her keys but what would come next he just didn't see see on the other side of her front door he saw her husband standing at six feet four, our villain turned around as her husband gave chase. And soon enough, that sick smile was removed from his face. See, that is London, and that is Britain. We might get scratched, and we might get bitten. But even when our heart and resolve is depleted, we won't lay down. No, we won't be defeated. Kid Carl. Cowboy, get back on your horse. Homeboy, get back on your horse. Get back on your horse and find your way before your horse gets lost. Cowboy, get back on your horse. Homeboy, get back.